Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Patreon exclusive podcast. This one, what's this one called now? My favorite match ever. Yeah, my favorite match. My favorite match. My favorite match. This is uh, obviously another one of your uh, brainchilds in which you pitched. Uh, so I'll let you uh, lay, lay out the background for it. Uh, so the background for this podcast is that. You know, you're going to speak to members of the AIW roster, and they're going to explain, or they're going to lay out their favorite match they've had for AIW, and then you're going to kind of give some background into it as to, you know, why was this match made, if you can remember, um, and then kind of what you thought of the match, you know, that person's feelings going into the match, how they felt about the match, and, you know, why is that their favorite match? Okay, everyone got all that? Uh, I think... Uh our first guest is going to be none other than you, Dominic Garini. Oh, wow, putting me on the spot. Because uh, you're here, and this is, was your idea. So, um, yeah, what what is your favorite match? It's hard because two kind of always come to mind, and then they kind of tie for me. Um, so I'm going to break the rules on the first episode and go with two. Um, you're going with two. We're double double episode. Du- Big, double episode. Sweeps week. Uh, Big double episode. <laughs> Um, so the first match, um, would be myself versus Zack Sabre Jr. from Hell on Earth. What's the number on that one? I'm bad on the numbers. I think it was, uh, 11 maybe. Yeah. Hell on Earth 11. You should know what's your favorite friggin' match. I just know Hell on Earth. I don't remember the, the, the exact numbers, brother. Um, so th- there's that match. I remember. Well, well what's the second one? Then oh, we can get into it. Me versus Tom Lawler. The very first match we had at Cool as Ice. Okay. Um. So the first match, let's let's go back and break break it down, and you know how does it all come about? Because you'll probably have to refresh my memory on a lot of this stuff. Because, like I've said uh, a lot of the times in the past, it's like uh, I feel like my brain purges some <laughs> some memories, and it, sometimes it needs uh, I, I need a little bit to uh, get going. I wish I like I wish I had one of those just like like perfect memories, like a like a Bruce Pritchard who can remember every stupid little detail about something that happened 27 years ago uh i cannot uh but if, if you get to, if you get my uh once we start talking about it some things i'm sure will will come to me so i remember the exact idea behind this match and when you first told me you were even considering it because i remember we had had zach in twice in 2016 business would have been in 2016 this match happened uh, we had him in for Gauntlet for the Gold when he wrestled Ethan Page for the belt. And then the second time we had him in, we had him in for Absolution and he wrestled Lewis Linden. Yes. I remember that Zach told you he enjoyed wrestling Lewis Linden because everybody that brought Zach in at that time would usually bring him in to wrestle a superstar and it was matches that he had always had. like Or matches. So, yeah, okay. So now that did jog my memory a little bit. So in talking to, in talking to Zach... Uh, he said, you know, specifically after, uh, well, I, I guess after both matches, cause Ethan page wasn't really a super superstar at that point. Uh, but specifically Lewis Linden, who Lewis Linden is, you know, uh, as I always say is one of, I feel probably the most underappreciated guy on the, indi- on the Indies. Uh, you know, he's a guy that Zach Sabre Jr. Certainly never heard of, you know, he's not doing all these all these big shows and uh 
you know, just hitting the circuit. Like Lewis Linden wrestles like AIW and maybe another show here and there at this point. So he was a guy that Zach, Zach Sabre Jr. didn't, didn't know too much about. And, uh, you know, I, I knew the match would be good because I, I know what what Lewis's skill set is, but Zach certainly didn't. Uh, and they ended up having a really, really, really good match. Uh, and I remember speaking to him and he said, you know, I would love to come in and work with more guys like this who I don't know because I feel and this is like I feel like this is. This is obviously pre. Is is this pre Zack Saber Junior. and Cruiserweight Classic or? Uh, no. Or like right around the. This time. is right around the time he would have wrestled Lewis, probably after they had filmed the first two rounds. Okay. So this is pre him getting to the finals. So what he said was, uh, you know, he he really wanted to do some things to test himself because. He had, you know, been wrestling at this elite level for for quite some time, and you know, uh, in the UK and worldwide, basically. And he wanted to be put in positions to where, like, it. He knew it's easy for himself to be good against another person that's good, uh, or another person that is, you know, at an elite talent level. He said, you know, it, that took basically virtually no skill at all. Uh, and he said, you know, getting in there with guys he didn't know, like a Lewis Linden or a guy that doesn't wrestle like him at all, like an Ethan Page, he said he really enjoyed doing that because it brought the it it, it brought a challenge to him, and it you know, and I guess wrestling had not been so challenging, I guess to an extent, yeah. uh, based on you know he was working with top tier talent everywhere he went because he is a top tier talent. Uh, so, you know, that kind of got me, that kind of got me thinking. And, um, you know, the, the next time, I think that's the last time we were ever able to bring him in, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, uh, you know, it got me thinking like, Oh, you know, let's, uh, let's throw somebody to the wolves and in turn kind of give Zach Sabre jr. Uh, you know, something that is going to, you know, he's like, he's like one of those, like, he's like an artist, you know, Mm -hmm. he like, he needs to be inspired by something. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of what my thought process was, was (laughs) let's, you know, let's give him something that he could really, uh, you know, really test himself to do. Yeah. And I think it also speaks to the idea of kind of your idea with building the students as well, because one of the big things with the students and that you've always done for all of us is you've always given us all some kind of big major opportunity. Um, You look at like Carson got to wrestle Johnny. um, Flynn got to wrestle Kingston and then BJ. Yeah, Flynn got a couple. Flynn got a couple. I'm trying to think of other guys that got, like a lot of the guys got great opportunities. Singh and Alex had all kinds of crazy good opportunities. I mean, so it, it was, it's kind of the, the pattern that you take is you give, you give us a chance and it's, as you've always said to me, I give you guys enough rope to hang yourselves with and it's, it's do you hang yourself or do your feet touch the ground and do you take the rope off your neck and keep running? And uh, another thing is, is, you know, uh, nobody is going to get better working with students or locals or you know i'm sure everyone sees it that attends like you know every city has that like local 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 uh type of independent wrestling where it's just like uh, a school 
and the guys from the school wrestle the other guys from the school, and that's it, pretty much. And then the other <clears throat> other people there are other guys that were at the school before. So it's like uh, it's a certain level of talent, you know. And that's not to say that there's no talent, but it's like uh, you don't learn the you don't learn the tricks from that from those guys that you've already been learning with. You learn you learn new tricks when you get in there with a new magician, so to speak. So. It's like uh, I always felt that, okay, once I see somebody that is, you know, has not hung themselves as of yet, it's like, okay, now let's throw let's throw them in there because I know that they're competent enough to to potentially take this learning experience. So, you know, that's that's why, I you know, I try to do it. And, you know, we've seen it more recently with, uh, you know, like eddie kingston wrestling west barkley or you know eddie eddie kingston doing things with zach thomas recently uh so it, it's kind of one of those things to where it's like uh or or like even like uh you know i forgot about this like the weird world wrestled little guido before the weird world wrestled kurt hawkins and yet hornswoggle um you know everyone kind of Everyone has kind of mixed it up a, a little bit, you know what I mean? Or like Dr. Dan gets the spots with the legends and stuff like that. He wrestles Scott Steiner. He gets, you know, a Double J beats him up, shit like that. He wrestles Shark Boy. Uh, so it's always kind of like let's throw let's throw people in there with veterans so then they can they can learn and in turn elevate their you know themselves as performers and then hopefully get out more on the road and then bring those new tricks back to the school and so on and so forth and kind of keep the evolution of all the talent moving forward. Yeah. And that's, and that's key for us, you know, it also raises our stock in the fans eyes because, you know, if, if you can wrestle someone and be seen on, you know, this higher guys level, then, you know, it's, you're more than a student at that point. Right. And that's, (laughs) that's another thing that's, you know, that goes into this philosophy of booking the students is, is like trying to get the so like the stink of being a student off of the students and make people, you know, uh, just evolve into just wrestlers on the show as opposed to, oh, those are just this. This is just the student match. Yeah. I remember when you told me about this match because. I think you had told me that you had booked Zach for the card and it was just like, I was hoping that I would get on. And I remember we were at the ice house. I think we were watching an Indians playoff game. It was, I think, because that was the year they went to the world series. Okay. And I remember you're going down the card. Well, this makes sense because if you're saying it was at a hell on earth, then this is probably, you know, in October where Zach gets booked. Yep. And you're going through the card and you know, like, Oh, that, that sounds good. That sounds good. And then you're like, Oh, and you're going to wrestle Zach Sabre jr. And I was like, wait, what? And you were like, yeah, you're like, you know, this is your chance. You know, it's your chance to kind of make or break. And I remember because everybody kind of had a chance, like because we had double dare a a couple weeks before hell on earth. Um, so everything was kind of like real tight. And I remember like Dan and Carson got the chance to wrestle crime time and everybody was booked on double dare except for me. And I remember fans coming up to me because the match hadn't been announced yet. And they're like, oh, are you sad you're not wrestling this weekend? And I was like, no, nah, I'm I'm good. Uh, I was like, I'll, I'll gladly take my hand to help run the shows and, you know, clean up messes and whatever needs done this weekend. And uh, that's another thing is like, you, you know, that's that becomes the hard part for me because it's like at a certain point you can't book everybody on every single show. And then you have to deal with like, 
uh, it's like it's like a weird thing to where it's like you're not my favorite child anymore. So you know, like that's the vibe that uh, uh, a student coming out of the AW school that does not get booked. That's kind of like the it, that's kind of like the vibe they they send my way. So it's a very uncomfortable thing for me at times to where it, you I can't book every student. So it's like uh, that's that's another reason to why it's like where I will try to give everybody at least one gift. Maybe that's the only one that they get, but you know, one gift to, you know, wrestle somebody decent on an AIW show, because it's like, uh, it, it gets uncomfortable for me when, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, you, you have like, uh, you know, when I was at Mount Carmel, you have like that whole bleachers behind the, behind the uh, concession stand that's full of students that aren't booked and they're all kind of just like looking at you like, <laughs> uh, like yeah. we're here and we're like pretty bummed out about it, but we're not going to say anything, but we're going to look sad while we're here. So it, it, that's another thing that goes into the like, okay, let's try to give everybody at least one gift. And yeah. this turns into your gift. Yes. And honestly, the, that gift obviously meant a lot to me. And it was, you know, it, it comes down to being my favorite match because it was one of those things that it was just a perfect storm and it worked exactly right. Zach was so willing to, you know, work with me and do the things that I wanted to do to help me get over and, you know, still keep him over. Um, Would you say he was one of your influences? Oh, absolutely. So Zach, when he came to wrestle, Ethan did that, um, did a seminar for us. And I, that was when you when you announced it, like I was ready to go and we did it. And I will always remember a lesson that Zach taught me from that seminar. And it was about uh, setting goals. And he taught me to set goals differently than the goals that like most normal people would set. Because most normal people, their first goal when they get in wrestling is I'm going to get, I want to get signed. I want to be on WrestleMania. I want to do this. But Zach taught, at least he taught everybody this at the seminar, it, you know, it just matters on how you take it, is you have to set, like, benchmark goals to get to your big goals. So he, essentially, after that day, I had a set of benchmark goals to get to. So that's in March of 2016. Um, none of the big shows have happened in 2016. So at that point, my first set of benchmark goals for the year is wrestle on JLIT, Absolution, and Hell on Earth. Um, and Gauntlet, I'm sorry. So wrestle on the four big shows, which I was already wrestling on Gauntlet, so, because we had the scramble that day. Right. And, you know, by hook and by crook, I got on all the shows, you know, and at JLED, I wrestled Tracy, at, and at Hell on Earth, I wrestled, uh, I wrestled Zach, so, and then I got on Absolution as well, just out of pure luck, so, all those benchmark goals are marked off. What'd you do at Absolution? Me and Tracy versus Two Infinity and Beyond. Oh, that was yeah. when Duke Scott turned down at the border again. Yep, yep. Um, and then the other set of benchmark goals I made for that year was I made a list of opponents that I wanted to wrestle with in my first two years of wrestling. And this was back in March of 2016. So number one on the list was Zach, just naturally because of A, the idea behind the goals, B, the style, and just everything that he was doing. And like... I liked everything that Zach did because I knew that he trained jiu-jitsu and I knew that he was helping, you know, bring jiu-jitsu kind of to the masses, which is one of like my, my overarching things that I think of in my wrestling is I want to, you know, show jiu-jitsu off to the masses and, you know, kind of get more exposure to the art. 
Uh, so it was like Zach, it was like Tracy, um, Guido was on there, um, He Who Shall Not Be Named and AIW Lure was on there, uh, and just uh, like uh, essentially the who's who of the grapple guys was on my list, but Zach was number one. Okay. Uh, and that's, you know, it just, it, like like you said, it just became a perfect storm of this situation presenting itself because zach had just been he was he was living in america at the time so he was a lot uh he's a lot more accessible and uh it was just like all right you know let's do it um what's you know how does the you know the the planning of the match go the execution of the match you know and then you know the after effects of the match go uh I'll start with a kind of like, uh, I'll add one in there. The pressure of this match was a lot for me uh, because this is, so Gargano's gone at this point. Right, so that's another thing I thought. You have to be feeling immense pressure at this point. Gargano's gone at this point, so whenever I had a big match before, I'd have Johnny or Candice to kind of talk me talk me down, uh, you know, get my head back straight. Like, before this, probably my biggest match would have been Tracy at um, J-Lit, and I remember... Johnny and Candice were there and like they both calmed me down a bunch because I'm freaking out because you know 20 minutes four doors open I'm in the tournament and I'm wrestling Tracy and it's it's wild um so Johnny and Candice are gone um you know they're in Orlando um so there's that uh then it doesn't help because as opposed to just being a smart person and not looking at my phone all day I have all these tweets coming at me and one I will always remember because it sticks with me was someone tweeted tonight is a make or break for Dominic Greeny's career. Either he, either he does amazing or it's downhill from here. And I'm like, Oh, I was like, okay. Um, so there's all this and that. And then of course, you know, on top of that, there's all the ring crew duties that we do. So I want to make sure, you know, we're in there, we're on time, we're ready to go. Um, I would say I was finally able to calm down once we started planning the match because I had, you know, been such a fan of Zach. So I kind of knew all of his signature stuff. So I had developed a lot of ideas and I was hoping that, you know, he would be okay with, you know, rolling with the ideas that I had and kind of going with it. And he was, he was receptive. Oh, super receptive. We just changed a couple of things um, around, but like, I had all kinds of setups from like, you know, the things he does special. And I even had an alteration for the finish to what he did, like to like a finish he did that I watched him wrestle Cedric. Um, because usually he does this running European uppercut and everybody catches him in a backslide. Well, I thought like, what if I catch you in a choke, you roll out and then you do the, like the big special pin you do. And that's kind of the finish. And he liked that a lot. And we rolled with all of that. And uh, he was really excited to just like we did. I think probably six or six to seven minutes of just like grappling at the beginning, and like I was super into that. And he was like, that was like the big thing he wanted to do. He was like, let's get these six or seven minutes of grappling in. He's like, and let's just get to it. Who I don't even remember. Did he win? He did, and I remember this because you. I think deep down you wanted me to win to build for me and Whitmer. But you also said that it didn't make any sense to have me beat Zack Sabre Jr. And you didn't want to ask him to lose, which I had no problem. Because this was one of the situations where as long as I knew in my head, as long as I had a strong showing, win-loss, it didn't matter. Yeah, I think my uh, like I think going into it, my planning was is like one of those like uh, you're going to lose, but you're really going to win in the end if it, if yeah. it goes well. Because nobody's going to remember that Zack Sabre Jr. beat you. It was more if you could hang with Zack Sabre Jr., that was the real win. Uh, and I also thought, you know, 
nobody was really going to buy you pinning Zack Sabre Jr. Nope. at that point. Even Flash submitting him wouldn't have necessarily worked either. Um, so aftermath, we do the match. It comes off great. Um, Zach, and I, I think you either you either you asked him to cut the promo or he just did it on his own. I don't remember. I think he just did it on his own. He did it on his own, and I remember the one line that sticks with me is, "Did anybody tell you that you know you have to wrestle for ten years before you get this good?" And you know he put me over, and it was great. And like if it was a lot of validation because for me. Like at that point, especially, I had just gone from seven years of competitive jiu-jitsu experience where I was very successful, and I essentially I quit all of that to start on something brand new. And my old coach told me the day I told him I'm done competing and I'm gonna do professional wrestling that I was a fucking idiot, and that it was the dumbest idea I ever had. And him telling me that that night was like validation that at least my journey was you know kind of in the right direction. Um, is it, it just because you know he cuts that impromptu promo and or are you feeling like uh, you definitely didn't sink at that point? A little bit of both. Uh, the promo made me feel good, and I knew that I I hung to the point I needed to hang to. Like, of course, I could have always done better, but I hung to the point I needed to hang to, and especially to the point where I won Zach's respect that night. Um, so that was key, and then. He cuts the promo, and then we do the aftermath with the Duke attacking me to continue what we were doing with me and BJ at the time. Um, one thing that I always remember about this, too, is that I always know that I had a very good influence on Zach uh, because I wrestled Martin Stone, who's in NXT now, um, about, was that, so that was November, about four months later, I wrestled Martin Stone. It was at some, a WrestleMania weekend, right? It was WrestleMania weekend. It was at this shitty like storage garage, and it was like at 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. And I remember talking to Martin before the match. We're calling the match, and he and he goes just bluntly to me. He goes, "To be honest with you, I was not looking forward to this match." He goes, "All I know is that I'm wrestling some MMA guy." He goes, and I almost thought about canceling. He goes, "But I was at Rev Pro this afternoon." He goes, and I was talking to Zach. And he goes, who are you wrestling tonight, Martin? And he goes, oh, I'm this MMA guy, Dominic. And he's like, oh, Dominic Green. He's like, he's very good. He's like, you and him will be very good. He's And, you know, Zach put me over to him. And he goes, the moment Zach gave you your seal of approval, he goes, you won me over. He's like, and I was excited for it. Well, see, and and that goes to show, like, you know, the uh, another purpose of this is, like, uh, a lot of this business is is more of who you know than being good and uh, who's going to put you over at the right time rather than being the most talented in the world uh so you know that's another thing it's like you know if, if you guys can hang with these people and you're in the right place at the right time it could lead to a, a lot more opportunities in the future and you know that that just kind of goes to goes to show you know that's uh you know th- that does happen yeah absolutely and and just a little more after on that match like just that match kind of, to be honest with you, kind of made me as a wrestler. Uh, people knew who I was at that point. They knew that they knew my style. They knew what I could do and what you know I was capable of. So coming out of that match, it was just kind of like onwards and upwards, and it was like don't take a step back at this point. And another thing that I do is you know I, I guess a, a little bit more inside baseball here for for Patreon is I will. Uh, take these matches and I will upload them as a private link to YouTube so you guys have something uh, of great quality to send out to other promoters to try to get bookings and say, you know, it's not just like, hey, uh, watch me versus Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham. It's yeah. like, 
hey, watch me versus Zack Sabre Jr. Here's the full match. Yeah, I can well, I can tell you that that is a match I still send out to every promoter when I'm trying to get booked. You know, there's, <laughs> you know, it just kind of gives, it, it just kind of gives some credibility to some of the AIW students and uh, a perception. And uh, I still think that you know, in wrestling, ninety nine percent of the time, perception is reality. And if you can give off the perception that you can hang with a Zack Sabre Jr. You even half the promoters probably don't even click the link. They probably just go, oh, wow, someone booked him against Zack Sabre Jr.? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he must be okay. Uh, and, and, you know, same thing for a, for a lot of guys. And, uh, you know, that that's another thing that kind of is the benefit of coming to the AW school is, you know, uh, getting a chance like this and getting a, a nice footage shot by Smartmark Video. And, I, you know, I upload it for you guys to send around to other promoters. Uh, and you know, that's just an example of, you know, uh, not that, so to speak, but an example of, you know, reputation and knowing the right people and who, yep. you know, who's going to put you over can, can lead to something. Absolutely. And, uh, with that, I know you wanted to make this a double episode, but guess what? We're already out of time. Oh, we've, man. Already, okay. we, we've, we've already gone nearly 30 minutes. Wow. On, uh, I, hey. On, we'll take uh, it. on just Zack Sabre Jr. So, you know, I I, I don't want these to be super, no. super long, uh, these Patreon podcasts. I don't want, you know. Plus, no one wants to hear more than 30 minutes of me, so. Yeah, so I th- I, I think, you know, this is kind of a, a good part, a good point to wind it down. But I guess everyone know, will now know that in the, fut- in the future, you'll be back to discuss your, you know, your match with Tom Lawler from Cool as Ice. But uh, I guess, you know, just if you want to break down, you know, some final thoughts on this Zack Sabre Jr. experience and, uh, you know, uh, the the after effects and, and everything in between. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you know, this is a match that I've always kind of thought made my career and kind of made me into who I am. You know, it, and honestly, this match gave me the style, like a stylistic, like setting of how to do matches that are grappling heavy. Like, I honestly have, like, an entire game plan and blueprint in my head of, like, what I call a grapple sprint, which is kind of what Zach and I did, you know, about a 14-minute match, but where six minutes of it is, six to seven minutes of it is grappling, and then the other seven minutes is more traditional professional wrestling. So I take that away from it, and that's been immensely helpful to me. Uh, just the perception. Like, the biggest thing was, and as you just talked about, I wrestle Zach Sabre Jr. Zach Sabre Jr. cuts a promo talking about me being good. The perception of me in now is that, I'm not just some random rookie. This kid's like someone to watch out for. So the after effect of this match was just kind of people believing in me and giving me opportunities and just kind of onward and upward from there. Uh, so here's something that I just thought of. So how does this match play into uh, Evolve and you know mm. that whole thing? Because I, 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 I would suspect that it, ha- it has some sort of influence on Gabe or, or, or whatever. So... I don't know if Gabe's ever watched this match. I know I sent it to Gabe multiple times, and I know he knows it happened, and I know that Zach has put me over to him before. Um, I think Tracy probably put him over to me more than Zach did off of this match, and honestly, when it comes down to it, like my Evolve run, I have it all to blame. Like I have it all to thank for Tracy Williams because from what I was told originally, I was only supposed to be a manager slash bodyguard, but Tracy pushed, actually Tracy and Stokely pushed for me to be a wrestler because they knew my skill set. So, like, that helped me out. But in general, being able to go to Gabe and say, hey, I wrestled Zach, and Zach will give me, like, 
a very good it's like, reference. It, it, it's it's like some, it's like somebody vouching for yes, you. Vouching like, for you. Because I had him and I had Tracy and when I did my first of all tryout, Gulak loved me. So like Gulak stayed in touch with me and would check on me and stuff. So he knew I wrestled Zach. So a lot of people, you know, were like putting in his ear like, hey, Dom's got to watch. Dom's got to watch. Dom's good for the product. Like you should bring Dom in. So I know that that helped me out a lot with that. Well, I guess it wasn't the Zack Sabre Jr. match like I suspected. but eh, I mean, if he if he comes down and watches that, probably. So uh, I guess, you know, this is another one of those pilot episodes, uh, you know, a, an exclusive podcast for our Patreon subscribers. Uh yeah, so I don't know. I guess I guess we'll wind it down. I don't. I never have to do the winding down of a podcast. So, yeah, you don't. Uh, you know, it's a little bit. This new is the first me. time you're the moderator of sorts. Yeah, I should. No, well, never mind. Uh, anyway, I guess uh, until next time. Uh, I'm John Thorne. I'm Dominic Garini. and this was my favorite match ever. <laughs>